everybody, welcome back to That There IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. It's <laughs> that me and Chris there. Carl. Hey. We're going to be talking about movies and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't what, even know what that was to I don't start. Know. It was amazing. I'm just making it all folksy. It's like Garrison <laughs> Kyler kind of stuff going on. Uh, so, uh, we had a few things to talk about this week. Otherwise, why the hell are we here? Um, we have more than a few things. There's more than a, a few very, things. Very, very full week. We had, uh, you know, uh, on the geek movie news front, um, a couple of reveals this week. Let's start with Lex Luthor. We finally see yes. ourselves uh, Jesse Eisenberg, and yeah, he's bald. Yep, that's his dome, all right. I, that's right. You know what? You know what that made me think. I was like, I don't, I don't know that I want to see what my head looks like completely bald. I right. probably will at some point, but I don't <laughs> want to. Like, oh, and and if I had to do it for a movie, I'd be like, hmm, can we get some prosthetics to fill yeah, it in? I don't exactly. want a pointy head or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he um he definitely you know there was all that the the rumors that he would have like the shaggy surfer dude hair and all that, and who knows maybe his character shaves his head to be. You know, badass, but remember yeah. the comics at one point, Lex Luthor's whole grudge against Superman was that he caused a lab accident that made him lose his hair. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the truth, man. Hair loss is real for men. So um, I could see that happening. Like, it's time to dominate the world because you made me lose my hair. Yeah, it was a lab accident in his, in his like, red locks were falling out and he was like damn you superman i think it's funny though um well okay so let me let me go back to the to the um other thing i'm i'm wondering if they just shot part of the movie and then this is the time when he is bald because they they do say he starts off with hair right he said that that was i mean that was was one one rumor one day i i really don't no, to be honest. Uh, and then there was a colorized photo, and I don't know if it was colorized by a fan or if it was a legit color version of it, but he's in a prison orange jumpsuit. Mm. And to me, it's like, is it kind of like the Gene Hackman thing where he takes off his hair when he goes to prison? Yeah. You know, or I don't know. I mean, it's, but to me, it's just, it is interesting to see, you know, okay, they're going for the bald Lex Luthor, even though he is going to be a very different kind of, version of this guy, I think. This year, a lot of the DC news has revolved around people's hair. Have you noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. lack of hair, like Jared Leto's like going blonde, he had a haircut, he got his beard cut. Ben Affleck having died. like gray streaks put into his hair as Bruce Wayne because he's supposed to be older. I was seeing the Project Greenlight, um, and there was a Project Greenlight commercial on the other, like last night, I was watching it, and uh, he looks huge. Yeah. Like Affleck just looks Bulked up, yeah. In that no, thing. Um, he's going to be an imposing Batman, I think. Well, he's already he's like a six foot three, six foot four guy. Yeah. So he's already like a big dude. But yeah, I, I, I've seen some of those, uh, like the the photos of him on set and everything. And it's like, yeah. yeah, they're getting their money's worth out of out of that. Even in street clothes, he looks pretty intimidating. He well, it's pretty a, again, it just makes you wonder, like, how come nobody's ever put two and two together? Then <laughs> let's see, the richest man in Gotham, who's also built like a brick shit house, is like it's what? True. Who's got a really clear motive for wanting to defeat criminals? I have no idea who Batman is. Yeah, you know? exactly. Whoops. <laughs> um, you know, th- uh, there was uh, a rumor, and again, it's a rumor that um, you know, Lex Luthor could be pulling more of the strings uh, behind why Batman and Superman are, are at each other's, are at odds in this movie. Yeah. Why it's called Batman v Superman, which kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna have Lex Luthor in there, wouldn't he basically be looking to kind of cancel people out that 
could be a threat to him or yeah for sure I think so I mean I think it it pro for him it's all about either revenge or business I think right. you know he's kind of like those are his motives I want money or I want yeah. to take revenge on somebody who's stopping me from getting more money or more power um, yeah so I mean I, I could see him doing that for sure Do and I, I I actually think We've kind of talked about this before, but I actually think he's going to really, really play up all the stuff that happened with Superman in New yeah. York and really capitalize on that because they've already said that that's part of the plot. Well, think about the, uh, you know, you could have basically Bruce Wayne kind of doing what Lex Luthor did in the Nightfall comics where Lex right. Luthor came to Gotham and rebuilt it after No Man's Land and kind of like, what if Bruce Wayne comes in and he's like, I'm going to, you know, help rebuild the city. Lex Luthor could have a problem yeah. with this guy coming in. And I wonder, do you think Lex Luthor knows Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same guy? Wait, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> no um, yeah, I think uh, I, I mean, it's possible. I think yeah. any, anything's possible. And, you know, Marvel has always done the thing where they don't have really secret identities for the Avengers much anymore. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't think secret identities are necessarily going to be an ongoing thing for the DC movies either. I think Batman is an important one to preserve that the public doesn't know though because yeah. you spoil what Batman is if everybody knows he's Bruce, Bruce yeah. Wayne. I think And imagine the lawsuits Bruce Wayne would have to condemn <laughs> it's true, it's for true. property damage and everything else. Dude, I don't understand how people at the end of Man of Steel aren't already putting together that Clark Kent is Superman. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> you've got video cameras pointed all over the guy. He's not moving that fast. You yeah. get his face in frame. So it's kind of like, um, I, you guys are real <laughs> Those stupid. Those glasses work, man. I'm talking. Like, where's uh, Jim? Who's that? Who's that? I have no who's idea. That? Wait, wait. Uh, Wild-mannered reporters there's back. There's Jim. Jim uh, just <laughs> took off his glasses and put them on. And it superhero, works. not superhero. I'm telling you, it works, people. Uh, let's. You, you mentioned Avengers. Let's talk about Avengers. Um, news this week that the Russo brothers, who directed Captain America: Winter Soldier, are about to do Civil War, are um, going to do. Uh, and it had been rumored for a while, but apparently the deal now, reportedly the deal is done. They're going to direct Avengers three and four, Infinity War parts one and two, back to back. Yeah. Um, which makes sense in terms of schedule, like just getting people like Downey, Production, and Chris yeah. Evans, and Hemsworth, all those guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's got a bunch of things in her plate. So, like, if you want to get these people, you really do have to kind of basically pull like a Pirates of the Caribbean and just shoot the whole thing. The other good thing about that is that I think we all feel that after the second part of Infinity War, the cast is not going to all remain, right? Yeah. It's, there's going to be people either, you know, leaving for one reason or another, dying, characters dying, whatever. At the end of Infinity War, we think there's probably going to be a different lineup of people. Some, some same, but, yeah. you know, some different. Um, and this is going to be kind of the last hurrah. So, yeah, you don't want to... You don't want to have to like bring them back in again. Right. It's kind of like The Hobbit or something like that. You just want to kind of get them yeah, in one just... place, shoot it all, be done with it. Yeah. Um, I, you know what's interesting is like, I feel like um, the, the Russo brothers, man, they are just gluttons for punishment. This is like uh, just a, like those, these are huge movies and they take a yeah. lot out of you. And they've just committed basically three, three to four years of your life now because you're doing Civil War. Yeah. Which is basically a prequel to Infinity War in a way. And I mean, then, so. who's going to complain about this gig for sure? Yeah. But like, it is a lot. Of, it's going to be a lot, a lot of yeah. work, and especially coming off the heels of Civil War, yeah. like Civil War, and then you're going to like the, the day after Civil War opens, they're basically going to be back in the office, like, well, let's make Infinity War. Yeah, happen. and and also though, it, to me, it it raises questions about uh, their deal at Sony and what this means True. for that Ghostbusters movie that. 
they apparently were supposed to do in like 2016 and have it come out in 2017. Well, that's not going to happen because they start filming Infinity War next year. Was that a done deal or was that a rumor? That they they were... have a first look deal at oh. Sony, but um, the Ghost Core stuff was all on the record. It was Ivan Reitman and all them. So they mm. are trying to get the Russos involved, but I, I don't, you know. I, I, I feel like with this happen. announcement, that's just it's going to be difficult for them. Or maybe they delay the Ghostbusters thing. If they really, really want them to contribute, contribute that badly, maybe they say, okay, we're going to let the female Ghostbusters thing play out, and then we're going to do the, you know, we're going to follow up. But you don't want to let that sit for too long, I yeah, feel like. No. You want maybe like two if years If you're trying tops. to create a universe, I mean, we've already waited, what, how many decades now? <laughs> what, two, uh, 20 something years for, yeah. for Ghostbusters to return on the big screen. So, uh, trying to say, oh yeah, some other Marvel stuff. Rumor. Rumor, again, we traffic rumor. in rumors uh, we do that. quite a bit, yes. um, uh, that Captain Marvel has been cast, and they've managed to keep it secret, and I kind of believe that because, look, they kept uh, Black Panther's casting under wraps until that, that fateful day when last fall. Fateful day. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, And that she's going to make a cameo at the uh, end of Avengers 2, so we'll know in a few weeks whether or not that's true. Yeah, I mean, um, listen, All rumors like this always pop up, and sometimes they're true and sometimes they aren't. Yeah. So I could see this one really going either way. I would believe it. I think they have the apparatus in place to keep things like this a secret, obviously, yeah. like you said. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a good tease in the titles, for sure. Like, yeah. Or in the, in the end credits, I should say. That would be a good sort of post credit sequence is to be like, whoa, that's, that's the reveal. Right. And what's interesting is I bet we won't see it like yeah. so, so yeah. generally this You'll is go what to a happens. press screening yeah you go to a press screening and um, any tag at the end of the credits yeah. is not shown at press screening so yeah. like you have to go see it in the theater or they know make us pay or know somebody <laughs> in the production and those are the only ways yeah. you really get to find out about that stuff and um, so yeah I mean and, and the, you know the shawarma one that they they shot here in LA that was something that everybody's like what are they shooting what they, are they did shooting? that too like the night of the either the premiere screen or something because right, that was yeah. the only time they could get them all together. Yeah. And so they had to put like wigs on everybody and Chris Evans had a beard because I think he was shooting Snowpiercer at the time. Oh right. So he had a full he had a beard like yours. Nice. And so there's a reason why he's sitting like that is they put on a fake bottom half of his mouth <laughs> and then he kind of covered up his face with his hand uh -huh. to make it look like you know he was just sitting there chewing. So they all they all had to be decked out in wigs and fake beards and everything. I just saw he had eaten an extra big shawarma. Yeah. <laughs> and he was no, he like, had a whole oh. fake bottom part of his face. That's I didn't know that. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I, it's obviously not going to be something jokey like that. We think we think it's going to actually tease something in the future. If it's Captain Marvel, I wouldn't be surprised. If it's something else, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, kind of one of the things that we were saying is that maybe Hulk goes into space. Yeah. Um, and if Hulk goes into space, I could see, you know, yeah. that being like, oh, we're in space. I think the end of this credit sequence is going to be something in space. Yeah. You think? Because, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think something, something in space. And if yeah. it happens to be Captain Marvel, cool. Thanos we'll and see. Howard the Duck getting shawarma. It's going to be Captain Marvel and Spidey hanging out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Trading what's up? Shots. Hey, what's up? Sp funny you should mention Spidey because there are ca uh, rumors that they are auditioning people for Spidey. Because they, you know, again, according to rumors and reports and all that, that, you know, if Spidey is going to pop up in Civil War, well, yeah. you got to find him. And they want him to be about a teenager so that they right. can, you know, have him in high school and basically milk this kid for the next 12 years <laughs> of his life. 
Um, and and by the way, make him a humongous celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> and two of the also. names that have kind of surfaced was one was this kid from Weeds named Mateus Ward. Hmm. Uh, oh, he was young in Weeds when that yeah, was. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he was just like a, a teenager. He now. was a wee lad. Yeah, yeah, and he's like 16 now, yeah. which is about the right age. Yeah, high school um, age. And then another kid that was kind of sort of mentioned is Asa Butterfield from oh, yeah. Ender's Game and Hugo and all that. Interesting. One of yeah. our readers uh, left a comment and, and said, um, what about Chandler Riggs being considered for that? Yeah. I think he's possibly got the, um, I mean, he's got the right body type and look, I think, for Peter Parker. To me, I think he plays such a kind of dour and serious character yeah. on Walking Dead that that's working against him for yeah, this casting. I, think so. I don't know necessarily, like, in person he's very, like, you know, cordial and friendly, and, you know, I think I could see him doing it, but... Uh, but yeah, I think that casting is working against him. Yeah, unless they unless they decide to whack Carl and he's free, I don't see how he could schedule. Yeah, and, that, and the schedule is the other thing. You're definitely going to have to have somebody who's got some free time because there's a lot of movies coming up and it's going to eat up a chunk of time. Yeah, no, Asa and, Butterfield is interesting. I don't know if I like that though. Like, I, he I is, he's a, another one. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. I had a cold this week. Um, he uh, he is kind of serious as well. Like you see yeah, him in sure. like. Ender's Game, even Hugo, you know, very kind of, yeah. kind of straightforward. Uh, let's see if there's any other Marvel things I wanted to. Oh, uh, any any other final thoughts on the Spidey? I mean, I, I think they're gonna. I think we'll find a Spidey soon. I think we'll know about it. I don't think they're gonna be able to keep that one a secret. Yeah, you no. know, that there's gonna be too much uh, heat on that particular casting. Um, yeah, I think we'll know. Like, I think we'll know in like a month or two yeah. who Spidey is at the latest. Because they're gonna have to like really, really. Well, you want to get too. Like, if you want the kid to be high school age, that means you're looking at actors who are about 15 to 16 right now. Yeah. Which means, and I think Goldman and I have talked about this, uh, that because of labor laws, right? You know, he only can work X number of hours a day because he's supposed to be in school. So uh, that means you're getting a kid who is 15 to 16 now. Uh, and can basically do extended cameos in your movies. And so when they finally get around to the full-on Spidey movie that, it, you know, in 2017, mm -hmm. he'll be old enough, you know, to do, that to do the whole thing, you know. I'm going to put something out there. Do okay. you think those labor laws should still be on the books? Or do you think yeah. you do? You do. Yeah. I've been on set visits with uh, where there are little kids in the cast. And uh, there's a tutor there, and I, I gotta be honest with you, if you're only getting like an hour to two hours of tutoring, you're not learning much. <laughs> yeah. And considering on a movie how set. the Churnham and Burnham attitude of young actors yeah. and how badly they go awry, like you really do need to have an education, you know? To me, I kind of feel like they're, um, like there's a certain cutoff that, you know, I mean, I guess 18 is, is like when you can make your own decisions or whatever. Like once you get to high school age, it's kind of like, Maybe leave those people up open to do like a GAD or something. Teacher, like that. leave those kids alone. Is what Teacher, leave those. Well, no, I don't care. I, I actually. If you can be tried as an adult, you should be able to work as an adult <laughs> in a Marvel movie. Is what Chris Carlos. If saying. you can, if you can murder somebody and go to jail. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, for for real, like I think there's there's that thing where it it actually does 
for movies that need kids, it really, really like hampers that production. I'm not saying like I think these laws came about like really early on. In, yeah. And well, not really early on. Really early on. It in was Hollywood. probably a result of like things like our well, gang, the little yeah, rascals, little rascals and stuff, and stuff, and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's like that it needs a tweak or something. You think no? I think. Well, I think. I, would look I mean, at it. you would have to look at it, but I, I feel like they're considering so many of the the tragic ways we've seen kind of kid That's actors true. end up and and not really having any discernible skill set <laughs> you know seriously like you know but i can lie effectively <laughs> yeah i mean i just feel like keeping them grounded in a real environment yeah. that let's put it this way the kid actors who grew up to be successful were the ones who more often than not continued their education. Jodie Foster. Yeah, Emma Watson, you can Emma see Watson, that yeah. she's like, you know, she took time off. I mean, Natalie Portman, they all took yeah. time off to like go to college and, and sort of integrate as much as you possibly can. Being it's rare when you have somebody like a, a Christian Bale or you know right. somebody who basically just essentially dropped out but made it work. A lot of these people are naturally very, very smart anyways. Right. You know, but for, for those that could use more education, maybe stay in school. What are you uh. saying, Jen? There's, <laughs> there's dummies in Hollywood? <laughs> Look, it's been known to happen. A few slip through the cracks every now and then, people. By the way, they're everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> I was thinking today, avoid it. I die a little bit in time uh, inside every time I talk to a dumb person. <laughs> I really do. That's, that's what you're thinking today? I do, every time. I'm I just so like, sorry that we have to have these hour-long chats every, it, <laughs> every week. You must, be, you must be dying inside. He is quite all mortal after all. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, one uh, Marvel-related thing we can uh, mention is and this came up last week we're, uh, when we weren't podcasting, is that Deadpool, the um, characters played by Miranda Backrun and T.J. Miller have been revealed. She's playing copycat. I don't know if she's going to be blue and have the silver hair and all that, but and we'll T.J. is playing uh, Weasel. So just to, in case you guys hadn't heard that, that's who they're playing. The Weasel. And Deadpool is now filming. It's uh, actually is, happening, people. I mean... Deadpool fans rejoice. You're, you're you're getting the movie, and you're getting. I think you're getting the movie that you want. Yeah. Outside of the R rating, that's. Yeah, I mean, debatable. if it ends up being like ultimately a cult movie, like if it doesn't really find uh, a broader audience, you got the movie, and it'll always be there. What but, movie is like that for you? Like, what movie is it mm. like? I I have this movie. At least I have this movie. You know what I always think of is like. Well, I used to think this. I don't think this anymore because now I'm older. But I'm like, if I can only get to this movie, I will die happy. <laughs> if <laughs> no, I can I only, <laughs> if I can only see. Well, we joke about Avengers. that. Like now we have to, we have to keep staying alive because they're making more Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm, like, I'm just gonna have to live indefinitely. Well, now. I've actually over the last, you know, I've been doing this particular gig now for quite a while, and and there were a lot of movies and types of movies that I wanted to see when I started out that I have gotten, like, yeah. it's gonna sound weird, but like, you know, like a Miami Vice movie, right. a Wall Street sequel. I, I wanted to see a dark, gritty Batman movie that was kind of like the comics, and particularly like the comics from the 70s and 80s that I read as a kid, right. and I, I've gotten those. I've gotten all the Marvel movies. I've right. gotten yeah. Spider-Man movies galore, you know? Uh, gotten, um, uh, yeah, I've pretty well, even much things like all the things I've wanted. Even things of, like we never thought we'd see another Star Wars movie again. Like even after the prequels, I was like, "Well, that's it. Yep, I guess we're, that's, that's it. what we're getting." Nope. And George <laughs> is gonna. I actually thought that we got George that fourth Lucas. Indiana Jones movie we wanted. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I actually thought that George was gonna 
at the end of sort of like he would he Die. would go through his whole career <laughs> and then you know sort of his estate would be like you cannot make more sour. It's kind of like uh, the way the Tolkien people have kind of brought down the hammer on things like apparently they don't like the Peter Jackson movies. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I've always heard. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, cashing those checks though, aren't they? I would too. I would mm-hmm. too. If if a loved one had made something as beloved as Lord of the Rings and I was in charge of the estate, you had best believe yeah. I would be getting my smog gold <laughs> off of that. I would be nice sitting there. reference. I would Chris be Carl. I would be Uncle Scrooge it all the live long Uncle day. Scrooge, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> um, let me ask you, Chris Carl. Uh-oh. I po- I pose to you, sir. Um, Super Troopers 2, speaking about yes. movies that people have been wanting to see, waiting to see. Yeah. Uh, you, you've you got some news on this. Yeah, front. I mean, I like those guys a lot. Um, I talked to them Broken on, Lizard guys. Yeah, I love the Broken Lizard guys. I talked to Jay and uh, Kevin Heffernan, um, Jay Chandra Sakar. Um, and I, you, everybody thought I was going to avoid that name, but anyway, so Jay and Kevin, I talked to those guys, um, heading into the Kickstarter, or the, I'm sorry, Indiegogo campaign, their campaign to fund the thing. And, um, essentially, you know, they were looking for $2 million. They met that goal in a day, which is awesome. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about crowdfunding here and, um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that some of these people, like, one of the things that I think is is a misconception is that these movies would just get made anyway. I can guarantee you that these guys have been trying to make this movie for many years yeah. and, uh, and and just haven't been able to get the financing for and it. And it's not like the first one didn't make money. Yeah, it made some money. I mean, it didn't blow up in the theater, but, but it, it was relative kind of like to what space. it cost and stuff, yeah. you know, it's like it was like Office Space. It didn't it didn't do super well in the release, and then it like gathered a cult following, but. You know, you think about these these kinds of campaigns, it's like, for me, something like this, this is one of those campaigns that I would personally, you know, say like, oh yeah, I would consider um, funding this because I know that if I want this movie, this is the only way that it's going to happen. Right. At least in the short term, unless, you know, something else big would happen for, for Broken Lizard. I just don't think so. I mean, I think the biggest sort of profile thing that they did outside of Super Troopers was this Dukes of Hazard movie. Yeah, because um, they did what, Club Dread too? They what, did Club Bill Dread Paxton and they did uh, Beer Fest, which I actually yeah. really like. I mean, I do feel like they're kind of a, a comedy troupe that was, the, whose heyday was about eight years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I think early sort of 2000s, mid 2000s um, was the thing, but now they're, they're coming back and, and they, they funded this campaign. And I think, you know, they've got like 30 days left in the campaign. But they've already met. They met the they goal, yeah. but they've got 30 days left in the campaign, which means the movie's just gonna get better and better. You know, like that's the whole idea is yeah. like, and I'm not like shilling for them. I think it's just that's the reality of the situation is if you have $2 million to make a movie, that's one thing. If you have, you know, $15 million to make a movie, well, then maybe you can afford to get Brian Cox back. Yeah. Maybe you can get, you know, <laughs> some other actors in there that you wouldn't be able to afford. Cox it. don't come cheap is what you Cox <laughs> costs money. Costs money. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Anyway, but here's, here's an interesting debate that you and I, I think, are on differing sides of. Um, and g- given all this, okay. Given all this, the fact that that we, I mean, I think these guys are like normal guys. It's not like they're, yeah. it's not like they're like bazillionaires living in mansions, you know, in the, in the clouds or anything. But there are people who fund campaigns like this, who have a lot of money, um, or Nathan you know, who, Fillion's who, who, who put campaigns like this fund? out there. 
what, how do you feel? Do you feel like it, let's just say you have a bunch of money and we don't, you know, it doesn't, let's just do it all hypothetically. Let's say you have a bunch of money. Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know why I called him Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I want to make him extra, extra Mickey. That's not super racist. It is, and I'm sorry. Actually, but it, it's it's it, but it, it it's got a Disney thing to it. Too. It works. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> riddle me this: if there is a if there is a wealthy individual who turns to uh, a, a Indiegogo or a Kickstarter to fund a movie, are you fundamentally opposed to that, or are you okay with that? I, I just uh, if you believe in something strong enough, you should be willing to pay it for it yourself. Um, it's kind of like when rich kids find a way to get uh, a lot of financial aid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. there's some poor struggling uh, kid who maybe didn't know how to work the system well enough. Right. And it shouldn't be that cutthroat. You know, I, I feel like it's, um, if, if you really believe in it that much, you will dig into your own pocket. Like, um, you know, like I think Nathan Fillion was doing like a Kickstarter or something. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he is now a far wealthier guy because he's been on Castle, stuff like that. I feel like, you know, that kind of irritates me. The Super Trooper guys do it, not so much because I know that they're they're not, I'm sure they, some of them probably still just have apartments. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I have a feeling they're not, you know, driving around, you yeah, know. They, they're not sitting there like balling out of control. Everybody yeah. in Bentleys, I think. Yeah. I think probably some of them drive Hondas, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I do think Maybe that not. It Sorry, depends. if you guys are mega rich, cool. Yeah, uh, I, I think it all depends on the, the, the individuals doing it, the nature of the project, and how much money it requires. Look, if, if you're trying to raise 30 million, you know, go talk to a German banker. Don't go online <laughs> and do it. But if you, if you want two million, and you've made like somebody like I, I guess like Zach Braff, kind of kind of springs to mind. Like you've got scrubs. He's got that scrubs money. money. You know, like I'm sorry, you shouldn't go around looking for. Okay. Unless unless it's going to become a thing where everyone in a way gets their name in the credits, they get something out mm. of it. If you're just basically shaking a virtual can at people and saying, you know, give me some change. Well, no, interestingly enough, one of the things that came out of this conversation with the Super Troopers guys is that they talked about Indiegogo and how Indiegogo wants to evolve into a platform that actually lets people become producers on projects. So it is, it's, it's kind of like crowd, crowd-funded but um, these people will have more of a say in the production and also maybe a say in some of the profits. Yeah, at the end. I just, boy, is that opening a can of worms though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's complicated. Think about the, the legal issues that that alone. Sure. Okay, let, let's, not, I, I know I get the reputation for being a, a catastrophist, but <laughs> let's just say you're doing this kind of indie funded, uh, uh, crowdfunded uh, movie and like most budgets, you know, uh, smaller budgeted films, you're gonna cheat, maybe you don't get permits and you're filming somewhere. What if, like in this Midnight Rider movie, what if somebody got killed? Oh, that's Does crazy. that mean, okay, Just thinking about that, all 200 time. people that gave money, are you now all legally responsible? If you're on there as a producer, you can all get dragged into court. I don't, I don't think on that particular thing because they're not culpable on set, you know, on set. It's, Some it, of the people that, you know. The people who were cited in that particular case were all yeah. part of the decision-making process at least. Yeah. So like, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, you would need to be legally protected, but. Uh, to get back to sort of the original debate, I think 
I personally, I personally think that anybody is should be able to do one of these projects, um, mainly because I think it is a choice that the end user is making um, whether they want to contribute to that thing or not. And sure, somebody who's got a really high profile is probably going to have more fans um, naturally. But I don't personally have any problem with it if it is like, if you're a, a mega fan of a property, you're not going to see it as, oh, hey, I'm being leached off of for this thing. <laughs> I will pay a lot you of should, money. But yeah. I mean, you may not, though, but I will pay a lot of money for the things that are important to me to get an experience that I otherwise wouldn't have in life. And so, like, yeah, I suppose in that way, I'm kind of like, okay, some of the lower end rewards are the ones that make me feel like, oh, that you're not getting that much. Yeah. Some of the, like, mid awards are kind of like, oh, okay, that I, I can see as a true fan, as a big fan of this person or this project, like, that's the stuff that I would be really, really interested in. Right. Um, or, like, if you can afford it. I mean, if you could afford to have all five super troopers show up at your wedding in costume and bring you a present, <laughs> which is one of the rewards on this particular thing, then and like, what a cool experience for you as a mega fan. It's going to cost you $25,000. But if you're right. a rich kid who dodged financial aid, <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, so that's my take on it. I mean, I, it's like, I'm not saying that legally they shouldn't be allowed to do it. I'm just saying if they go and do it, kind of a D-bag, but, you know, <laughs> fine. I, don't, I mean, well, I, I think my final point is that it is really, cheapskate, but really, really, really hard to get movies made in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. It's almost a miracle sometimes. Yeah. And so, like, if this is the thing that pushes certain projects over the edge, like Veronica Mars would not have happened but were that, it not for that campaign. If I, if I remember correctly, didn't that ultimately lose money? Veronica Mars? Yeah. It probably did. And so that's the other argument is like, yeah. you may still, these guys who produce this thing may still be on the hook for some of that expense. Or yeah. the studio might be might look at that and say, oh, hey, that was kickstarted. That didn't do so hot. Yeah. Maybe there's a reason we didn't finance in the first place. Maybe we kind of know what we're doing with this whole financing right. thing. Yeah. But they, they don't always. <laughs> they don't. We, well, we talk about that here all the time. Yeah, but let us know what you think in the comments about, uh, uh, about, you know, these kind of crowdfunded movies, um, you know, should people who could ostensibly afford to pay for a project ask for your money, would you be willing to do it and why? Uh, so let us know in the comments what you think of that. And just remember, I'm right. No, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm not that much of a jerk. I am. So, um, <laughs> So not let's really. move on. Let's move on to something uh, uh, that couldn't possibly be crowdfunded. Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this uh, is this could, ain't gonna be cheap. That could almost possibly be studio funded. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Steven Spielberg is going to direct it for yeah. Warner Brothers. Um, now I have not read the book. It's been one of those books that everyone, at IGN, every reader's like, dude, you have to read this thing. So I'm gonna go out and buy it. I'll read it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I have exactly. a couple of years before I have to you worry about it. you yeah. know uh, catching up to it, but. Uh, you have read the book, Chris. Yeah, Carl. so it's so about. So, what are the big challenges, though, that in, you see in bringing this thing to life? So, yeah, this movie, this book is super, super laden with pop culture references, um, all kinds of properties um, that would need to get pulled in to make it authentic to the book. You know, like old school video games, you know, movies, TV shows. Um, there's so much referential stuff in there. It's a, it's almost this movie is going to be almost like a time capsule of this era, maybe this century, um, because there's just so much stuff in there. Do you mean and, this century or the 20th century? Well, I mean, a, the, a century from oh, here okay. back, you know, right. um, probably actually more like 50 years. But anyway. Um, I was going to say, they're dropping him like Buster Keaton references? That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, Buster Keaton plays a big part. No, but what I'm saying is, 
essentially this this movie is it's going to have to operate and they said this in the in the, the press release yesterday it's going to have to operate like Lego movie or like Wreck-It Ralph where they're they're I mean the lawyers and and some of the producers on this project are going to just have to do so much legwork to lock all these things down. Now it's a positive, really cool property, so I think people are going to want to be involved. That's cool. Like they said when they were, they were. It's the same team that was like helping to do the Lego Movie. They said when they were going out to do that, everybody was really excited to be on board. So you had you know DC and 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 Star Wars and all that you know contributing. Yeah. But yeah, man. But think so. about okay, in a way, maybe Spielberg is the only one that could get this movie made. Because, think about all the pies he has his fingers in. Yeah. Um, you know, that he has helped create, especially of that era that the, the story's gonna cover. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to get a, a Star Wars thing in there, you probably could. If you wanted to get in <laughs> yeah. Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Gremlins, right. any of those things that he is, uh, ET, any of the things that he's, you know, uh, even Halo, he's tied to Halo. Like, Nobody you probably in Hollywood. could get some of these things that happen now, I know even if they're not in the book, they might have to basically substitute for something sure. that they can't get. Yeah. Wait, is there a particular property you, you'd be <sighs> I don't gobsmacked know. if they actually got it cleared for this? No. I actually think, I really, really think that they are, it's going to be a challenge, but I do think that people are going to work with them. And I, I don't think that there is anything that is like the holiest of holy things that cannot be touched. Because I thought, I think, you know, Lego Movie proved that if you can get Star Wars and DC characters into the same movie, yeah. you know, by Warner Brothers, then yeah. that's like, people are doing their work the right way. Right. This is a culture that, you know, our culture right now, current pop culture is so mixed up, so many like references and that's how people communicate with each other and stuff. Obviously that's what we do here all the time. I think it's just the way that movies will continue to be made, and it's about getting those rights properly signed off on, and it's just going to be, it's a and lot it's of It's also interesting, though, to see, like, almost how deals that were made in the 90s and early 2000s kind of coming back to bite some people in the ass now, because it's like, even with Marvel, like, things that have been piecemealed out just to keep the lights on, frankly, like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like... I, I make these kind of sports analogies a lot trying to explain it, but like imagine if you traded away your big shot player right, yeah. to another team because you, you had to keep the team going. But now you're at a point where in order to, to win this game, like you have to borrow them back. Yeah, you you got to bring them back. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's tough. I feel like Marvel especially, I mean, they're, they're obviously working with Sony to get um, Spidey back. That's the most high-profile case of something like that happening. And essentially, they, they, they sold off a lot of their rights because they were almost bankrupt. Yeah. Um, like Apple, they were like one of these entities that was almost bankrupt that just totally rose from the ashes and now is like a mega power. Um, that seems unstoppable. Um, but, yeah, at one point in time, a lot of their properties belonged to, Li not Lionsgate, Artisan before. Yeah. Like, Artisan had a bunch of stuff. Is Artisan like, even still around? No, no, no. Got yeah. absorbed into Lionsgate. Yeah. And so... Um, they, they had Black Widow, they had Iron Fist, they had basically all the Netflix Blade. <laughs> stuff. Blade, yeah. Yeah. That's where the, I think that's where the Blade TV show... Well, no, Punisher, maybe not, maybe not. right? Punisher, they, they had Punisher, Punisher yeah. Because isn't that part of how uh, Punisher Warzone came about? Yeah. that was a Lionsgate movie, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and, and honestly, like, they were, uh, like, quietly Marvel started getting these things back when these projects started failing. It, it's interesting that they own Punisher. 
Punisher will happen at some point with Marvel, yeah, I think. I can I just, see him popping up on one of the Netflix shows. I do too. I, think I don't know if he'll necessarily used. get his own series. He could. Yeah. Um, but I could see him showing up as an antagonist on something like Daredevil and then becoming like the begrudging ally. And yeah, like, yeah. I guess we'll have to learn how to work together, Frank yeah. Castle. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, I think Ready Player One, it's like. You, you, when you're talking about Steven Spielberg, nobody in Hollywood is not going to take Steven Spielberg's call or take the call of somebody on a Steven Spielberg you production. You, you'd be like, later. I got, when I was at E3 one year, I got kicked off of playing a game because Steven Spielberg's kid was there. See, and that's why he won't <laughs> take his call. The, that's where the trick is. <laughs> yeah. He calls me up, I'm like, who? Okay. Oh, yeah. hey. <laughs> My beard's <Click>. better. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, absolutely, Steven Spielberg, everybody's going to take that call. Yeah. And I think people will, will you know, make some concessions and make stuff work. And, and, just, and all the ties, cool too, movie. that he's had at different studios over the years. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's tied to... Sony, he's done like stuff for Men in Black, and yep. you know he's tied to Warner Brothers. He's got stuff with obviously DreamWorks is his company. He's done stuff for Paramount. I wouldn't be Universal. surprised if he executive I mean, produced stuff under a different name just to have <laughs> more things going. I just want it all. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Uh, and then another um, challenge uh, for Ready Player One is just a technical one. I mean, yeah, it, it, there are a lot of folks saying that they're going to try and make this the first truly virtual reality movie is that I mean, is that a little too pie in the sky you think i don't know because you think about all the stuff how long it took the theater chains to get to the point of just getting everything in 3d and and all that and getting everything digital I, uh retrofitting in theaters. are you saying like your people are going to go to the and watch yeah. an oculus rift basically yeah I don't. I, I. I. mean, that'll be a really super long production time, and then you're going to need the technology to be there. And then, I don't like having used Oculus Rift. I don't think I could handle it for an hour. And a half I've never or two used hours. it. Is it really it's as just, intense as people say? It's. It's just. It's just kind of um, a lot, you know. Like after about 15, 20 minutes, you're like, okay. You know, I'm going to so take like, a rest from this. It's like kind of like tripping or something. <laughs> I, don't I don't know about that. I don't know if it's like tripping. But, um, but no, I mean. <laughs> Is that it, what the kids call it these gonna days? It's going to be a lot of, um, it's going to be, uh, yeah, I, I, I would I would say that that, I think it would say it's going to be released more traditionally than that, I think. Okay. But we'll see. All it, right. I mean, it's, yeah. it is Spielberg and he can push things forward, so we'll see. All right. Let's move on from uh, Ready Player One. There's another uh Big property that has uh, kind of uh, had some big news this week, Robotech. Sony yeah. Pictures uh, acquired the screen rights to Robotech. Uh, Robotech. It's like... Robotic. <laughs> it sounds kind of like back in the old days if you, you know, you watch like an old Twilight Zone. It's, like, it's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> Robotech. Um, uh, Sony has acquired the screen rights and uh, the producers and the writer of 300 are going to be working on it now. Uh, you know, this for a long time was that Warner Brothers. Toby Maguire yep. was trying to produce it. There was some rumblings that he wanted to try and get Leo, Leo like we know him, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. involved in it. L dog. Um, what do you think is uh, <laughs> what do you think is key to making uh, a Robotech movie work? I mean, did I, I just say Robotech? Again? Robo Robotech. I you know Sorry. Robotech. No. <laughs> so I my my thing is. I, let's not get addicted to putting celebrities in this movie. You know, yeah. I think you, I, I, I think you could go. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to let those people 
be in the movie in order for it to be successful. Um, oh man, I'm just gonna, I'm maybe now gonna contradict myself. I was like, Go this is it. gonna do well in foreign markets. And yeah. then I was like, you know what draws well in foreign markets? Celebrities. <laughs> I was like, but it will do, I think it'll do well in foreign markets. Um, but yeah, so I guess maybe I'll take back my statement because they're well, gonna I guess need it that depends segment. on, yeah, it'll depend on uh, sort of the name actors and stuff. And do, do you foresee a version where perhaps there are, uh, a couple of different kind of cuts of the movie. One that'll play up mm. possibly, you know, Asian actors in larger roles for the overseas release, and then one with, you know, uh, non-Asian actors more in the forefront and I for think, Western audiences. I think, which I think sucks, but you yeah. know, it's it's stuff that we've heard yeah, might have happened on other movies. Just the way that these productions come together, I think it's just you're trying to appeal to different audiences in different parts of the world and whether it's like right or wrong to cast it that way it is just the reality that we're dealing with right now I think it will be a very diverse cast um, I'm really just excited to see that come about you know yeah. from a from a CG perspective I think it's gonna look really cool will it out pack rem pack rem oh man yeah that, that's what I mean that's what I'm thinking about like, the cool thing about Robotech is that you're going to be able to get it in space. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily, it'll be more than Pacific Rim, which all took place on the crust of our Earth. <laughs> um, so, and, yeah. I don't and know. what a crust it is. And what, a, and what a crusty planet we do have. <laughs> no, so, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like because okay. uh, the concept art and, and stuff like that, I think, will be... When that starts coming out, that's when I can get really excited, I think. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, Star Trek Three. speaking of space, uh, Idris Elba reportedly in early talks to play the villain. Not mad at that. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Th there's a guy who has been part of so many kind of like uh, genre properties yeah. now that like, I, I just know at some point he'll end up in a Star Wars movie. Like it's yeah. going to have to happen, I, th I think. It's going to be the uh, Sithiest Sith that ever Sith. <laughs> But for Star Trek, I mean, I you know there are a lot of folks speculating that I think we'll finally see the Klingons kind of back, mm -hmm. and he would make a cool Klingon commander. Uh, but Simon Pegg uh, was doing some press recently, and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing him here, but some of the words he used to describe because you know he's co-writing the movie. Yeah. Um, frontierism, adventurism, optimistic, and fun. And trying to get back to the spirit of where no one has gone before. Love those exploration, words. You know, like the original show was, you know, and, and he's a obviously a huge Trek fan, so I love this. You get these, you, you know, every once in a while you get these people that are associated with the property that you're like, you, you're like, you, can, you get it, and I hope yeah. nobody touches your vision because you get it. And I think, I think actually, like, sometimes people get bogged down into just the collaboration and it just balloons and it gets out of control and then yeah, it's you not trade one for them and take one yeah. and before you know it you have such a diluted version of I think that's how a lot of mediocre things happen so yeah. um, but I do like if, if they were like making a color board of this movie <laughs> like and 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 you're throwing like different you know ideas and and moods and stuff on the on the board I like all these words for this movie because it's kind of the opposite of what they did for, with the second movie that movie yeah. got a little like serious a little dour you know and then kind of goofy in a way a goofy. unintentionally goofy too at times yeah like the whole thing with Khan yeah. uh, with Spock yelling Khan and all yeah, that I'm like yeah. come on Spock wouldn't didn't, do that didn't need to be like that um uh da, 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 da. oh you know, I know we talked about Marvel earlier, but I did forget to mention that uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. 
Jennifer Lawrence and Nicholas Holt have both said that this is their, their last one. And then uh, Brian Singer revealed that uh, an unknown young actress named Lana Condor has been cast as Jubilee. Now, Jubilee being in an 80s timeline, to me, is pretty screwy. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know what's going on here, but... Do yeah. we do do uh, and we've been speculating a lot of people have been speculating like is there going to come a, a time here where okay you're going to have all these young X-Men and you don't want to keep doing period movies is there going to be some sort of time thing that happens where they got to go into the future for something that becomes basically the present um, and then yeah. they can't get back and now it's like oops here we are I kind of go have some adventures I thought that's what was going to happen in the last movie just Me too. leave them off where they need to be and be like yeah. up oh, you're here at yeah. your destination so we'll see I mean um, I'm not I I think the casting is fine for that you're right like yeah. maybe she's weird in that time period I can see why Jennifer Lawrence is maybe calling it quits after this one I mean is calling quits but after this one I I I do wonder because you look at the the history of the X-Men movies and how with the exception of um, First Class and the Jackman cameo, but like they've all basically relied on bringing back certain players, right? Yeah. Like even Days of Future Past, the reason why it was such a big hit was it married those two casts, right? Yeah. Um, and then there are rumors of cameos for this one of, of Jackman and Halle Berry, and I forget who the other one was. Maybe it was Patrick Stewart or McKellen. But, um, but, do you see Jennifer Lawrence being brought back and basically kind of a, a one-by-one one cameo kind of thing the way they've done with Jackman or something like that? If they're like, look, you don't have to be in the blue makeup. Possibly. We'll just do the little eye digital effect and they know that you're transformed into somebody. But I don't think that, I mean, I, I feel like that she'd be game for that, you know, knowing what I know of her. You know, I don't know her personally or anything, but I think... Um, I think what she's saying and what Nicholas Holter saying is like, okay, I, I gotta, I, I gotta take some franchises off of my plate yeah. now and do some other stuff. Like I'm a little I, tired of being trapped in blue makeup all the time. She's been in X Men and um, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games, you know, at the same time, and that's that's got to be uh, somewhat of a challenge. And you're, you know, you feel. I think, I think. Um, Playing Katniss is especially and yet in that time she has won an Oscar. It's true. It's true. Playing Katniss, you know, you're basically on this like on this path, that, and there's some evolution of the character, but it's not much. Same with Mystique. It's like, you know, Mystique is kind of Mystique in both movies. Doesn't. But do she's that. gotten a bigger role because of Lawrence's profile. Sure. Being raised, and I think she will get a bigger role in this one yeah. as well. People forget she was actually cast as Mystique before she was cast as Katniss. Right. And then there came a time where it was kind of a, a, a schedule snafu and she was kind of looking to get out of doing Mystique in the yeah. second X-Men movie. And no, like, I remember uh, that. No, you've got a contract. The beauty of Mystique, though, is that you can kind of put anybody in that role afterwards because shapeshifter yeah. and you just like have one line of dialogue. Yeah, they're That's... looking for that, that woman who looks like that Jennifer Lawrence person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now she's going to have to look like this because she's on the run. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. So. One line of dialogue solves a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a, a friend of mine's joke about, and I think I've said this one before, but like you know, the, the shared universe that they're trying to do with the Universal Monsters. Yeah. And how it was supposed to start with Dracula Untold, which wasn't starting off as a shared universe. Right. Of just having Dracula at the end turn. And I'm so glad you were at my side this whole time, Invisible Man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Amazing. Yeah, it would be great. Uh, speaking of uh, big franchises, Fantastic Beasts. And where to find them? That I'm yeah. saying that right, right? Yeah. Uh, Newt Scamander. Newt Scamander. Matt Smith reportedly being eyed to play him. Of 
course, you know him as a uh, uh, former star of Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, what number of Doctor was he? The 11th one? Oh, man, don't ask me to yeah, bring the 11. Doctor Who knowledge right? to bear. Because yeah. Tennant, because he was after Tennant, and Tennant was the 10th. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so, uh, if I'm wrong, correct me nicely in the comments. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Matt Smith does seem like that kind of actor that... Yep that would anchor that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like he brings in an established fan base. His star is on the rise in terms of like, he's doing a lot more he's feature British, films. So. He's British, so. He's British. <laughs> and he has to be. And he's in Terminator Genesis, uh, and he's in um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So he's gonna become more and more familiar to people who don't know Doctor yeah. Who. So. Movie audiences, I think, have not yeah. seen that much of him, but they will. Yeah. He's, uh, he's going to be the next Cumberbatch, I guess, is what we're I saying. I think he's a good pick for this. Um, you know, he, there's an oddness about him yeah. um, in, in, in Doctor Who, and I think that will play well um, here. I, you know, I don't... Newt Scamander is a character that's kind of a question mark. It's basically the guy who wrote the I love textbook. that you get a guy with the simplest name playing a character with the most complicated <laughs> name. Like. Yeah, I mean, this guy basically wrote a wrote a textbook, and so they have the the sky's the limit in terms of developing this guy. And J.K. I mean, Rowling is writing the script. Yeah, so. she's said some things about like what he's going to be like, et cetera. But um, I think knowing what we know of that film, I think he's a good choice, and yeah. he can anchor. It's going to be a trilogy, I think. I'm sure it'll probably have a hell of an ensemble, the way Harry Potter did as well. So, dude, we'll see. Yeah, I mean the the question marks around that movie are: Are we gonna get like a young Dumbledore? Are we gonna get some young players from like Harry Potter's realm? Little Dumbledore. Little, little Dumbledore. L I L apostrophe. <laughs> little Dumbledore. Uh, what do you think about the casting of Jack Houston as the Crow, as mm -hmm. Eric Draven? Yeah. I like him. I love him. But I, I just one. I I, I, I I don't know if we quite need another Crow movie, but I didn't need a first one. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, sick burn. Um, I mean, I've only liked the the one Crow movie. I haven't, I didn't like, I hated the one with Vincent Perez. What was that, City of Angels? There's or, been. There's, then there's the one with Eddie Furlong. Oh, I mean, yeah. Everyone's I talked to him, had a crack I talked to him uh, during that movie. But, you know, it's, it's weird because the, the Crow kind of like drifted into like, um, direct-to-video realm yeah. for a while. Yeah, it almost became like kind of like a Hellraiser thing where it's like, wait, they made another one? I I'm, I'm going to go back and make it so that everybody doesn't hate me. I don't hate The Crow or anything. I just think it's like, it's a movie that is more fondly remembered than it actually is good, you know? Like, I think yeah. it's, it's a movie that came out in the 90s and everybody was like gung-ho on it. It's kind of like how I feel about Blade 2, actually. Mm. Um, I like the original Blade quite a bit, but that... Blade 2, I was always like, that's a really good Guillermo del Toro movie. And then I saw it recently, and I was like, that's an okay Guillermo yeah, del no, Toro movie. Uh, my feelings on Guillermo are his Hollywood movies are completely different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, it's like he can, he is two totally different directors than yeah. the same guy. I was basically. just having this conversation last night about how, like, Devil's Backbone and uh, Pan's Labyrinth are like. Even the Spanish movies that he it, produces yeah, yeah. versus the Hollywood ones he right. makes, you know? Have you seen Kronos? Uh, not for a very long time. It's in my. It's been in my Netflix queue now. Yeah, me for the too. Me too. Time. It's like sitting there. Like yeah. I've never seen it, so I'm gonna watch that too. But like, yeah, I would say Pan's Labyrinth is his best film. Yeah. And then um, I love Devil's Backbone. I was interested. We, the, the reason this came up is I was talking about um, The Hobbit and how it would have looked as opposed to what mm. um, Peter Jackson's would have been like. And I was like, it would have been darker. It would have been probably more chaotic, and it might not have been as good. Like, really? Them's fighting words online, Chris Carl. I know, I know, and but what I think is that there's there's such a possibility to stray outside of the lines 
and it would have just started to feel like it maybe didn't exist in the same realm. Now, whether you are comfortable with accepting that or not is like up to you. <laughs> I guess I'm just spitting all kinds of the things that are just going to well, give me hatred back on me. Today. But no, I mean, it is curious. How do you think that the uh, the Del Toro? What what do you think Jackson did that Del Toro wouldn't have been able to do to make those movies? I, when you look at when you look at um, Del Toro's uh, sort of bigger cinematic stuff, I just feel like, like it, Hellboy, Hellboy, Hellboy Pac Two Ram. especially. I think Hellboy Two and Pac Ram are Way good too. examples of like it gets a little bloated, it gets a little yeah. like cushy around the edges. Not everything is fitting together, and you can say the same things about The Hobbit. Like The Hobbit had some oh, yeah. dead weight in it, um, but I think I, I think that he would not have necessarily solved that problem. You would have had some really interesting, beautiful-looking characters. Lots of but a lot really of the cool problems were on design. paper, and I yeah. feel like and Guillermo del Toro is one of the credited writers on the Hobbit, sure. so I feel like yeah, I, it's not like it wouldn't have been uh, devoid of some of the same issues that ended up marring that whole trilogy. Yeah. But I don't know if it necessarily would have ended up three movies with uh, him, yeah. but maybe that was more of a studio thing. I also think you know. Um, the, the, I think the biggest sin of the the Hobbit movies is that everybody was just kind of apathetic towards them. They it just came to this place where I feel like, like even the for the trilogy e, e, yeah even there. for the cast it didn't feel like maybe as special to them the second time around. I'm sure the first time that they were making those movies it was a pioneering thing yeah. and they were down there and, and and it kind of reminds me. You know what it kind of reminds me of is Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> where everybody went back. I mean, there were new people in the mix, but everybody went back to do essentially the same movie, and they were kind of like, well, can you let the belt out a little bit? You know, yeah. Here yeah. we are. I hated Ocean's 12. It's it was so like bad. Abysmal. Ocean's 13, though, was kind of fun. Um, yeah, it was okay. But le let us know in the comments if you think uh, Guillermo would have made a better or just as, you know, sort of mixed movie as, uh, as Peter Jackson's Hobbit. Uh, Final thing I want to uh, just uh, talk about in terms of new stuff. Uh, Rogue One, uh, they're uh, reportedly looking at an Aussie actor named Ben Mendelsohn, who's a great character actor. He's in, uh, was it uh, uh, Animal Kingdom? Mm -hmm. Right, was that the one? Animal Kingdom, yeah. And then um, he was in Dark Knight Rises. He was the, the, the evil banker dude that Bane <laughs> basically put in his place. And that Catwoman had that little... Uh, evil uh, banker. Yeah. And then he was in, uh, but they're looking at him for uh, one of the male leads in Rogue One. And I was looking at that actor, and he's like, he really does have the face of one of those, like, the X-Wing guys from, like, the 70s and 80s. <laughs> he just does. He Rogue looks like, leader. Yeah, he yeah. looks like one of those guys that would have been standing around in the, in the <laughs> conference room and probably have an ugly mustache. You know? I love it. Yeah. So well, they need to come pick. back up to continuity and make sure that a lot of the pilots have mustaches. Yeah. Because yeah. it just has to match. It has to match the original movie. It does. Movie. It has to, people. Bring and back then, the mustaches, Star Wars. Uh, Oscar Isaac uh, acknowledged that he's going to be in Episode Eight. Some people are treating that as a spoiler, but I'm like, if you're introducing all new characters, he's probably going to be around for a couple of movies, I people. Mean, <laughs> if you went to see Star Wars and already knew that there was going to be another Star Wars, like... Would it really bother you that much to know that Han Solo made it through? Yeah. That's kind of like the yeah. same. I would be like, well, of course he's going to make it through. He's Han Solo, you know? <laughs> like, I, th I feel the same way about this guy. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Plexiglass Moranovich. <laughs> 
I think it's Pia Zadora. <laughs> Pia Zadora. I, I think is his name. <laughs> Peter Pot. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Plexiglas Moranovich. <laughs> That's what uh, Oscar Isaac's name is forever gonna be. That in is. That is. Uh, real my quick. Butter. I, I, I love Sorry, this. I love. That's, a, that's gonna have to be the sign-off from now that's on, everybody. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, two new trailers uh, dropped this week. Yes. Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Speaking of rogues, rogue. Rogue Nation and Maggie uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the zombie apocalypse. What'd you think of those trailers? Okay, Maggie was unbelievable. Right. It looks really good. Uh, yeah. You know. Looks like Arnold is like doing some acting there, and we always yeah. knew he could. That yeah. guy. I'm well, actually. I didn't really know if he could, but. He's amazing in Kindergarten Cop. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Look, the range he showed in the Twins. The range he showed in, in, in Twins. twins yeah, you know? it was so amazing. And the suit. He carried Danny DeVito, man, literally. He, he wears a linen suit like no man. But um, Maggie was great. Uh, yeah, that trailer I'm really looks excited really to see cool. that movie. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, crazily enough, after all the zombie stuff, Walking Dead and all this stuff, like, I'm still interested in hearing more about that. Well, that one looked like world. it had a real kind of human element to it, yeah. and that she is slowly but surely slipping into this thing. And you know, to anybody who's ever dealt with illness in their family, yeah. it's being used as a metaphor for that. So this is a guy who's a widower, and he's you know he's trying to hold on to that last bit of his family. And so that right there is a, a far more human element than I see in most zombie it, movies. It and I'm like, going to talk to you about a little zombie thing right after this that right. comes out this week. I think it kind of reminded me of The Road meets, yeah. um, what was that? Uh, what is the name of that? Warm Bodies. It was like oh, yeah. The Road and Warm Bodies mixed, but with still But it kind of reminded me too, though, like some of the, the better elements and, and episodes of Walking Dead when it really focuses on, on people and, and what, you know, what's at stake for them as people. Or even taking into the video game realm and had a little uh, Last of Us vibe. Yeah, a lot of people were, were yeah. mentioning that as well. It so. felt a little like that. Um, uh, and, and Mission then, Impossible, holy yeah. crap, man. Tom Cruise hanging onto the side of a plane, for real. I mean, that was a cool that was a cool element, but that one turn through the alley of that car that's like wiping out a bunch of people. There's so many cool shots in this trailer. Yeah. And I just have, I mean, and when the, mu when the music kicked in and started sparking up, I was like, mm-hmm, I will yeah. be giving you my money. Yeah, it's pretty cool, I gotta Take say. It. Uh, and uh, But <laughs> I swear, every poster now of, of a Mission Impossible movie is somehow, it's him on the side. It was him on the side of the building in MI4, it was him on the side of something in MI3. Yeah. They, they've gone it's from the Tom Nose profile poster to now Tom hanging on to the side of something. Here's one thing I love that they did. There's two things I love that they did in this trailer. Number one, I love that they brought in the Fugees. That was an amazing use of Fuji's song. <laughs> Number two, I love that they put him back on a motorcycle. After um, Mission Impossible 2, you know, I think everybody's like motorcycled out. I personally liked all the weird motorcycle hijinks <laughs> in that movie, but like uh, I understand why people were like had a little concern about that. I love that they put him on back on a motorcycle, and the motorcycle yeah. stunts look really insane, too. Um, all right. Uh, opening up this week, uh, we have Get Hard, which is Will Ferrell and, and um, Kevin Hart, uh, and then Home, which is a DreamWorks animation movie, and it's got a big voice cast as Rihanna, Jim Parsons, Jennifer Lopez, Steve Martin, yeah. uh, and then uh, It Follows. Uh, it's a... Um, horror movie that you know is getting a lot of buzz that is expanding now they've canceled their 
VOD release or I wanted the it. VOD release. I was yeah. like, bring it to my home. Yeah, now I have to actually go out now and I gotta see go it. Into the and then opening up in very limited release is a Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence movie called Serena, which Ew. is getting atrocious reviews, but it was like this old period piece drama that no, they did. Um, and uh, so Home is actually tracking to open bigger than Get Hard. I somehow don't buy that. They're saying tracking at like 31 million versus 30 million for uh, Get Hard. Hmm. I really don't think Home is going to do well. I, and you know, Insurgent opened last week and made less than Divergent did, and you know, and Insurgent was in 3D, yeah. and you know, uh, I believe IMAX as well. I don't feel like Get Hard is actually tracking very well, and I don't feel like yeah. people are really excited about that movie. So I could see Home winning, but I don't think it's going to hit 30 million. I think it's going to be about 28, and then I think Get Hard is going to come in under that, like at like maybe, maybe even less, like 23 yeah. or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. The one factor I will say about Get Hard is it's got the Kevin Hart factor. I think there's some yeah, like he's been on fire yeah, already. there's some sort of like attrition with Will Ferrell's audience, I think, but. I think Kevin Hart's audience is holding pretty strong, so yeah. um, that might bring that up as yeah. well. But I'm, I, I still think that I, I do think that Home is going to finish number one and then get hard number two. Do you think Insurgent will have uh, legs? Will it really it won't last? Have or? a resurgence? Oh! No, I think it's going to. Where's the I, bell when I need it? I think it'll drop off. I think it'll do okay, but like I think yeah. it'll drop off after the first week. They, they talk about uh, a, a big franchise. People just seem completely. Apathetic about my parents it. like it, so really, yeah, <laughs> they, oh, they like the books and they like the movies. So I'm like, um, All right, go and then uh, one thing I want to mention about last weekend's box office before we wrap it up is that you know, The Gunman, which is Sean Penn's stab at taking, even had the same director, Pierre Morel, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, opened fourth place with five million, which was even less than what it was tracking at. Yeah, um, and a lot of people are saying it's it's taken fatigue. Do you think there's anything to take in fatigue, or is it? I, my my theory is that people didn't buy Sean Penn in that role because I don't think they like him the way they like Liam Neeson. No, they don't. Uh, I feel like he he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. I I love him as an actor, and I I think he's got a lot of courage of his convictions as a an activist and all that. But with that comes. Yeah, you're losing people, you know. <laughs> yeah, you lose audience if you if you get out there too much. But you know, George Clooney is also an activist, but people love George Clooney because yeah. he's more. Um, he's just a little bit. He knows how to play the charm a little better. I yeah. think. Sean I think Penn just looks like he wants to beat everyone to death. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, not that's even what... his best of friends. He's like. I'm just gonna kill you. Yeah, that, and that, yeah. I mean, he's maybe needs to just smile more. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it yeah. is. But yeah, for, I, I never really thought the gunman was gonna do very well. Like, yeah. at, you know, after after I started hearing that it wasn't a very good movie, I yeah. was like, Penn, Sean Penn in and of himself is not gonna carry that movie. If that were a Liam Neeson movie, it would have made what ten, fifteen million dollars more yeah. on weekend. I think. Yeah. Well, just like run all night. You yeah. Know? Um, all right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this weekend's podcast. I'm looking over the notes, make sure we didn't leave anything out. Oh, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 starts shooting in April in New York and in New York City and Buffalo. So if you're around there and you see them running around filming, I don't know, send us some photos or something. <laughs> send, <laughs> yeah. send us some pictures of people in turtles. Oh, well. and the trailer for Spectre, the next James oh, Bond yeah. movie. And that's why Rot's not on this weekend's podcast, this week's podcast. She's actually, I, I can say this because. Uh, there's no embargo. She's in Mexico City visiting the set of Spectre right yep. now. Um, Spectre! 
everybody's factor. Yeah. I love this. So, uh, so theme song. The, that Call trailer song. is going to drop Friday at 4.45 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So uh, keep it here on IGN for, for what we think of that. Oh, and also opening up this week on, it's streaming on Crackle coming March 27th, is Dead Rising Watchtower. We can talk about it maybe a little bit uh, uh, next week's podcast, sure. but um, uh, it's okay. It's it's not as horrible as I thought it would be, but <laughs> it's not particularly good. I love either. the game, and yeah. you know, uh, apparently there's a lot of references to the game yeah. in the actual film. So, like, if you're a fan of the game, I think it yeah. probably is. Worth but for watch. me, it was like totally obvious they made it for like a buck and a quarter. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, um, all right, well, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Give us a shout out on iTunes. Find us at at Chris Carl on Twitter at Stacks S D A X I G N. On Twitter, shoot us your thoughts at keepingitreal at IGN.com. And for all things movies, keep it here on IGN. <laughs>